Welcome to the Waffle Shop Podcast with me, Taylor James. This is the podcast that gets people waffling about their mental health, coping mechanisms, life's minor inconveniences, and the music that soundtracks it all. So join me as I open up shop and have a waffle. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to another episode of the Waffle Shop podcast. Today, I'm joined by model, superstar producer, Alex Kirsch. Welcome to the Waffle Shop. Thank you very much. I'm pleased to be here. I'm one of probably the hottest days of the year, so I really appreciate it. No worries. I'm actually in the studio myself, so uh, it's hot where I am as well, man. I'm boiling. Do you remember that? This is, we all kind of like, it sounds like really like a nice little start to this, but I always start with something called the weekly waffle, which is something that's, it's got on my nerves, but when I speak about it with my guests, it makes me feel better. Now I'm going to do that typical British thing and <laughs> I'm going to go straight in with what's annoyed me and it's, it's the weather. There's, <laughs> it's that really annoying thing of like, yes, there was moaning like, oh, it's a bit cold. Like, mm. I don't know where this, like the weather's going, like, oh, where's summer? Well, it arrived <laughs> today. <Yeah. laughs> it's so, it, it fluctuates so much. <laughs> One day it's like minus a hundred, the next day it's plus 100. Yeah. And uh, I, I don't know what clothes to buy. I've been buying coats. I've been buying <laughs> tank tops. I'm in a tank top now. Well, this is the thing, is it? You go to leave the house and you're like, oh, it's a bit of a bit bit chilly. I'll, I'll whack yeah. on a coat. Then literally yeah. two hours later, you literally want to take everything off. So it's like, like the Sahara Desert. It's <laughs> <Exactly>. true. <laughs> oh, we're never happy, are we? Literally. Exactly, <laughs> I'm a good exactly. man. <laughs> I was just in Ayanapa though, and it was it was so hot there, man. It's just because I'm. Mean, you're starting to see all like these. I mean, we're not. We don't go into like that serious of a topics on this show, so I don't want to go all like about like the whole global warming thing. But like, yeah. I saw a video on TikTok of someone walking. I think I don't know where they were, like in Cyprus or somewhere, mm. and their flip flops were melting on the tarmac. I saw as, that as well. As they were walking across the road. 
I know, that's crazy. Imagine you're wearing like Air Forces and next thing you know, they vanished. <laughs> to be fair, I can't say anything. I went to, um, I was lucky enough to go to Glastonbury this year and I'm out of a certain age now where like I go comfort over style. So yeah. I've invested in a pair of Crocs and I underestimated the power of the sun that day because I've got Croc tan lines. No way, where the holes yeah. are. Yeah, oh, fair, like, I feel like I'm going to have to like prove, <laughs> prove this. So you don't. Well, um, I see it. Yeah, so if anyone's actually listened to this, like I'm I'm really sorry, but <laughs> it's... Oh, this is actually I really think, bad. I, don't I know think I've only doing. worn Crocs once in my life and my friends slated me for it. So they never saw the light a day again. See, that's, that's, that's what I used to think about them, but they are... They're incredibly comfortable. Now, I'm gonna have to like apologize for like getting my toes out to the my guest. Yeah. <laughs> really sorry. That was that was quite <laughs> forward. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. Yeah. That is mad. Yeah. That is mad. You've yeah. put me off wearing crocs now. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> this episode of the podcast is sponsored by Crocs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, is there anything that kind of gets on your nerves that you want to get off your chest today? I mean, seeing as I just went Iron Apple, you know when you're like on a plane and it's usually when you're in the middle seat and then the armrests, like you're trying to get your elbow on an armrest <laughs> and the people next to you are trying to get it on as well and you just, you have to like negotiate about it. And when they give you no room whatsoever, that yeah, that gets on my nerves. Do you do the whole kind of like, do you get in there first and like, no, this is this is mine or are you, you know where considering traveling? I try and take like the very top of the armrest and hope they go for the bottom and don't like knock my arm off. I try and like do a deal with my arms without speaking though. But yeah, sometimes it, it can be uh it can be crazy. They just knock your arm off and I'm like, what? <laughs> do you know what I love about this? Because this is I think it's the first person that's actually ever come on here and said that. Because I usually I get like um like slow walkers or I get like people who don't signal when they're driving and stuff. But that one, I think I don't think many people talk about it. It's the same on a train, isn't it? If you're sat yeah. next to someone, like where where does your elbow go? Exactly. I mean, elbows are a very important <laughs> part of your anatomy. Exactly. You, you need them to be comfy. And you're on that, you know, you're stuck in a confined space for like a considerable like amount of like time. It's like five hours. And also I was next to a random stranger in Ayanapa on the way back to England and it's a five hour flight and I needed to go to the toilet, but they were on like, there were <laughs> no. two of them and they were both <laughs> snoring. Like they were fully asleep. They were dreaming by this point and I didn't know what to do. So I had to like try and climb over them. And and when I tried to go into the aisle, I accidentally stepped on one of them. Like I stepped on my leg and then they woke up like they see the ghost. I quickly ran away to the toilet and came back. But yeah, <laughs> it's, it's awkward there, isn't it? <laughs> you don't know what to do. Do you tap them? Do you say excuse me? And then oh, I don't know. That's the thing because you don't know how they're going to wake up either. Because yeah. it? like, it depends on like how deep a sleep they're in. That you've got you're potentially in line for like a swift elbow to the face or oh, other imagine parts that. of the body. Imagine that. I'm already scared of elbows <laughs> as it is with the armrest. <laughs> Just bang. <laughs> oh, Just like, exactly. Coming back from my napper with a black eye, trying to explain that to the family. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> I probably expected it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, to be fair, you know, Iron Napa, like we're talking about, like, you know, it's summer. We're talking about like summer anthems, which yeah. obviously you've created an absolute bouter oh, of a song. You. 
But before we get into that, I like when I, especially when I have a musical guest on the show, I like mm-hmm. to kind of dive into the history of, you know, how that journey started. So I've had people on the show who have kind of, you know, they've been to, they went to see like a certain artist and was like, that's what I want to be when I grow up or they fell in love with an instrument. How yep. did that kind of like musical journey start for yourself? So, I mean, before music even started, really, I guess I could go back to primary school when I was like five. Yeah, let's go. So I was in primary school and every parent's evening, the teachers would be like, oh, Alex is so laid back. Like he's taken it to the next level. Like he's laid back in the sense where I'm trying to teach him about King Henry VIII and I'm asleep. Like, yeah. all my <laughs> is like, I'm asleep. Like, I, don't, I do not care. So, so I guess from there, I kind of subconsciously knew that I wouldn't want to do any any office job or, or anything like that really yeah and my mum did an office job she, she does an office job so I know it, it, it's good but not for me personally yeah so um so from there um I kind of realized yeah my concentration is not really in it um and and then so wind a bit forward my dad is actually a producer himself oh wow okay and, and he started producing when he was my age or a little bit older and he, and, he, and he was really successful. So like back in the, I don't know if you listen to the early 2000s music, like trance and stuff like that. I'm in my thirties, <laughs> of course. Did you? Like, yeah, that's what, when I first started to go out, like that's, that's what the kind of the music was. It was like Bass Hunter, like Cascada or all that yep. kind of like anthems Amazing. now. Amazing. Yeah. So he, he had um, a number three in, in the official UK charts. He had the opera song with Charlotte Church, if, if you know Charlotte Church. Wow. He yes. had um, so that was the biggest one I'd say, and he had a number nine called "Drifting Away" by Lange. So it it was a really big trance hit. Yeah. And um and then yeah and and now he's having like a loading career. So he he has like three jobs. He's like my dad, my inspiration, and my dadinger. He oh. manages. To and, and the Mate, plus, that's amazing. And the great thing is he doesn't take a penny. I don't need to pay for a manager. <laughs> I'm like yes. Do that. It puts you in a very, very good position. (laughs) So so at five years old, he taught me how to play classical guitar. Um, And I retired at seven. I I was like, nah, this this isn't for me. I don't want to play Beethoven. Um, And then I just like, I was just a normal seven-year-old just living my life, except for the part. uh, Every day, there'd be really talented singers coming through. There'd be like Hmm. Connor Reeves, Chico from the X Factor, uh, Amanda Wilson, Roseanne. Oh, wow. Angie Brown, Gareth Gates, all these people just walking through. Obviously, I didn't really know who, who anyone was uh, because I was like seven and, and all that. But um, growing up around him and, and, and my dad's mate and who's now become my really good mate, Joe Killington, who's an amazing writer. Um, so I grew up around it, and but I didn't think of anything of it, really. Um, and then at age 14, my dad sat me down one day and he was like, I'm going to teach you how to produce, see if you like it. And he taught me for like, I'd say about four hours. From then on, I became addicted. I have to go to like Producers Anonymous. I have to, I have to... <laughs> I love like, Hi, it. I'm Alex and I'm a producer. <laughs> yes, I, I am here. I've been producing for like seven years now. Please help me. <laughs> yeah. So, so from there, I just, I fell in love with it. And um, I listened to some inspirations like Avicii, if you know Avicii, yeah. uh, Jonas Blue, um, all these people. And I just thought, wow, that's, this is all I want to do. Yeah. This is all I want to do. Take me back a little bit 
um, then? Because obviously you said like your dad had like the hits with like Charlotte Church and then he had like the dance, the, the trance track. Yeah. Growing up, I imagine that music that was being played in your house was like from all all genres. Like what, what was kind of being played like when you were growing up? It, yeah, it was mental. There was like... um my dad obviously playing trance and like heavy like house music my granddad he was playing like frank sinatra fly me to the moon my uncle he likes some um, like donny hathaway and and soul music yeah uh, my grandma's slovakian so i don't know what she was playing but it was <laughs> it was a bit mad <laughs> i liked it i had a nice beat um and also i forgot to say actually my so the reason i started learning classical guitar is because my dad when he was like six years old he was like a, a child prodigy like he just he came out my my grandma's womb <laughs> just knowing how to play guitar like he fully he fully just could play anything by by heart and he went on a um that's talent exactly and he went on a, a program called you know opportunity knocks i don't know if yes yeah knocks. i mean it's a bit before my time alex yes. <laughs> but yeah. i'm aware of don't worry. I, thought, I thought you weren't old enough i had to ask that <laughs> Um, yeah, so he went on that and got into the finals just playing classical guitar yeah. with, um, with, yeah, with what he did. And, um, yeah, so, so from that, that's kind of like the original, original of how I started with classical guitar. But I guess it helps because then you can produce with all the theory and, and stuff like that. But, um, yeah. I'd love, do you know what? I think that's possibly one of the best stories I've had and the answers I've had to that question. Wow. I will, no, gen I'll... genuinely, like I've I've had a lot of people on the show, and it technically like music is literally in your blood. <laughs> yeah, literally, I can't escape it. Actually, well, you say that, but my mum doesn't have a musical bone in her body. <laughs> Trust, if you heard my mum sing, you would you'd probably end this podcast right now. <laughs> to be fair, it really makes me laugh because when I do have these conversations, I think a lot of people think I work in like either the music industry or I have some kind of like musical talent. <laughs> Yeah. No, not a single outfit. I do, but I love it. And and to be fair, like when obviously I kind of had the conversation about like you coming on the show, I I get so nerdy with the production side of music. Like my to, to be fair, two of my favorite pro producers are Timberland and Mark Ronson. Like oh, them to me, Timberland like anything like that they're on. To be fair, even Pharrell. If I yeah. hear like that, like first four counting, like on any kind of like, you know, Farrell's produced it. Yeah, I love it, man. Other than your dad, do you, is there anyone that's kind of like influenced the music that you're kind of like creating now or even want to create? Yeah. So I'd say I also, so I play piano and I play guitar and um, I, I actually learned a harmonica at one point, but that probably got on people's nerves. They were like, what, what the hell is that? I think um, it'd be easier to say like what instruments you don't play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I play every instrument in the world, even the triangle. That, that one was the easiest. That's talent. Um, yeah. So there, there's a guy called Scott Stolch. I don't know if you'd know you know him, but he was like a, a jazz pianist, but then he turned into a, a producer, and he's a bit of a mental producer actually. Yeah. He like smokes weed whilst he's producing and all that. Not that I do that. I, I, <laughs> no, this is a good Catholic show. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> EG. Um, yeah, so he's definitely one of my inspirations, Scott Stolch, because I, I just like how um how much of an instrumentalist he is. Mm. And then there's another one which is probably my biggest, Avicii. Yeah. Um, and he for me is my favorite producer in the whole world. 
Um, just the fact that he does it all from a laptop, like he, he, all he had to have is a laptop on a train or a plane or wherever with people's elbows got going on. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I just love the fact that he, he, he could do it all electronically. Yeah. Uh, and actually another thing about Avicii. So my dad actually wrote a song w- uh, with Avicii and Avicii. Could talk. Yeah. So, so my dad wrote it with a guy called Joe Killington, who I've mentioned and a guy called Sam Gray. And um, it it was so close to being released, and then obviously it, yeah. it did because of the sad thing that happened. But um, but yeah, so when that happened, I was like, Avicii's even more my hero. He's like, he's the guy. Um, and other than Avicii and Scott Storch, I'd say Jonas Blue, hundred yeah. percent. So Jonas Blue, apparently, I'm not a stalker. If Jonas, if you're watching this. <laughs> we tried to get him on the show. Yeah, <laughs> I went as far as going to Bali to try and get him on the show. Oh, really? Amazing. <laughs> yeah. but, I mean, that wasn't the only reason I went, but <laughs> he was yeah, there when I was there and Jonas. I took a photo. <laughs> oh, amazing. Yeah, so he, he um, apparently went to the same uh, secondary school as me. And, wow. And what I've heard is I think he left when he was like 14 or something. And um, I just thought, I hate school and I love producing. So uh, obviously I'm in university now, so it didn't work <laughs> out well. <laughs> I'm still studying, man. But um, actually I've only been to two out of 200 lectures this year. <laughs> in my second For year. anyone listening to this podcast, stay in school, kids. Yeah, this is not advised. <laughs> also, Sheffield University, if you're listening, I'm lying. You were here. It's yeah. lying. You can't yeah, prove I'll a thing. Say, yeah. <laughs> I'd say um they're they're my top three producers of all time and obviously my dad. Yeah. So them four. A lot of the music that you were producing and probably still are producing was kind of a bit more kind of I don't want to say grime or rappy kind of thing. Yeah. What made that kind of leap, I guess, into like the dance kind of area? Was that just something where your heart lies? I'm, okay, so when I was 14, the first production I ever did, I actually mimicked, like I imitated one of Avicii's productions. Yeah. That was the first thing I ever did. Um, so I guess it started with EDM. And then at 16, I got signed, I got a track signed to a, a label called Perfect Havoc, which um, started off Joel Corey. Wow, and, okay. Yeah, so, so that was my big thing. Like when I got that, I was like, amazing amazing this is really good and then um that came out and, and it didn't do too well it didn't do too well like i think it got like eighty thousand streams so for a 16 year old yeah as a starting point mate that is it it's like, phenomenal yeah. yeah i was in the, i was in like my secondary school playground i was like look i've got eighty thousand streams <laughs> probably all me though i was probably like on repeat <laughs> me my mum and my dad um so i did that and then at 18 years old um my dad was waiting for me to do a, a really good thing. And I produced like an organ house beat um, called Never Let It Go. Yeah. And my dad finally thought, oh, this is the one that I'm going to send in to the major labels. And he, um, it, it was a bit of luck. I'm not going to lie. I, I, I did get a bit lucky because obviously if, if your dad's like a cobbler or something, then he's probably not going to have a contact to the 
to the major label. It's lucky my dad. No, but you good. also played to your strengths, didn't you? Like, obviously, if your dad's a cobbler, you're going to have like the nicest shoes. You're so going to have be, like yeah. the best shoes in town. Exactly. So I, you'd be, exactly. especially if that's where like your passion is, and that's something that genuinely kind of gets you out of bed in the morning. Like, honestly, if you were sat here and saying like the opposite, like, oh no, my dad did this, but I didn't want to use him, I'd be like, mm. come on, like you've you've got you've got to utilize like the tools that you have. Exactly. You might as well. Otherwise, you're only losing out. Do you, do you know exactly. What I mean? So, so he sent off my track to um a, an amazing label called Positiva, who who's the best label I could ever wish to be on. Huge and, dance uh, label, isn't it? Yeah, they're huge. Yes. They, I think they started off like they signed Swedish house mafia. They even signed an Avicii song. And guess who they uh who they signed? <laughs> like Fast Car to Jonas Blue. So it's this... like a. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. When you're ready to pop the question, the last Last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code Listen to get fifty dollars off your purchase of five hundred dollars or more. That's code Listen at BlueNile.com for fifty dollars off your purchase. BlueNile.com code Listen. I was like, I started off wanting to get inspired by Jonas Blue, and then I'm like, wow, I'm on the same label as him, and I'm so grateful. Um, so yeah, when Never Let It Go came out, that that did really well. It it got like for my debut single, it got 1.5 million streams. Um, it got to the number one in Apple Music Dance, which I was super happy about. Wow. And um, yeah, from there I just got addicted to dance. But if you wind on a like three months on from that single that's actually where all the rap production came from so i don't know if you know okay. like double wells uh rfb they're like no but the... i'll do my do my i'll do my digging yeah so they're like the the drill rappers they're like the they're, they're scary guys i, yeah. I don't know <laughs> i don't want to meet them in real life i'll just introduce them but um yeah, so so th- I started posting TikToks and then Double Wells reached out to me and he was like, oh, can you do me a house beat? So I did that and, and that's almost got a million streams. And then from there, I started producing for a lot of rappers. There's a guy called RM who's amazing. A guy called Bammy, B-A-M-Y. Uh, that's got two 2.5 million streams on SoundCloud, I think. So that one's done very this well. This is insane. Yeah, and, and, and from there, I, I was like, and I'm not even going to lie, I manifested to my friends in uni, because in the first year of uni, I was like to my mates, um, I will, in this following year, work with a lot of rappers in the house uh, like genre. And from there, I named them all. I was like, Double Wells, I will work with him. RM, I will work with him. Um, so yeah, I manifested it sort of. Yeah. And then, and then from there, my latest single with Molly Rainford. So um, I, I was just in my... A uni accommodation and I was actually doing boxing at the time I was like me and my friends always love doing boxing we train it 
Yeah. Um, and I got an email from uh, one of the A&Rs and he was like, I have this song. Could you possibly like produce it? And and it was written by some amazing guys called the Salt Wives. Uh, Salt Wives and Matthew Nolan. So um, they sent that over and from my bedroom accommodation on a little laptop, I produced it. And then, yeah, a few months later, it got released and, and I love it. It's, it's Do you know what I'd love? Because I can really feel like the passion when you're talking about this, like the, tra- tra- I can't even say the word trajectory. I think that's the word. It's like, yeah, <laughs> is <laughs> insane. Like, yeah. you know, even when like you're kind of saying like these kind of like names and like you saying like you manifesting them, like the sheer talent is what's obviously producing this kind of like opportunity for you. Is there anyone on that list or even like, I mean, I know like you've mentioned like Jonas Blue, like, so I'm not going to lie. I expect in the future, Alex, that there'll yeah. be an Alex, Alex Blue. Alex, Alex, Alex Green, I'll say yes, Alex, Alex Green. Green. <laughs> um, like some kind of like collaboration. Is there anyone like, I guess if money wasn't an object or yep. there was no one, the word no didn't exist, who would be the dream kind of collaboration for yourself? Oh, that is a very good question. Is it dead or alive or both? Oh, both. Let's go with both. Okay, I'll, I'll definitely say Adele. I feel like Adele would be yeah. great on the house track. I'd say Drake, and that might be a bit of a mad one, but I'd say Drake. I'd say Justin Bieber, Ed Sheeran. All right, now let me think of some uh, people that aren't alive. Uh, <laughs> this, 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 the dead people. Really bad, like that. It's got to be Michael Jackson, I feel like. Yeah. I feel like he'd be great on a dance track. Do you know what I find really sad about... not it's, No, it is sad, obviously, that they're no longer with us, but especially Mm. with the music that is around now, like, especially because when people like Michael Jackson, like, they kind of, like, forced, like, whether it was R&B, whether it was pop, there was, like, they really kind of, I guess, reinvented genres and, like, kind of brought in influences from pop, R&B, like, dance, disco, whatever it might be, to see what kind of music they would be creating now. It would be very interesting, wouldn't it? Yeah. Because it's like back in the day, Elvis had to do a, a certain type and, and Frank Sinatra had to do swing. But would they be on drill now? Imagine yeah. Frank Sinatra on drill or something. Well, it's <laughs> the same, isn't it? It's the same with like, I mean, Amy Winehouse for me is a big one that I would like. Oh, she's especially, amazing. Yeah. Like if, she, you know, if she was still with us, what, what? You know, would we be getting like a Drake featuring Amy Winehouse? Would we be getting oh like, you know, a Calvin and Amy song? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I you just imagine. don't know, do you? Even like the Calvin Harris and Ellie Golden song Miracle, like that's no. on Trance. And Trance is coming back now, which which is the crazy thing. I think it does that, doesn't it? Music, it kind of ha- it like has a resurgence every now and again. Yeah. Like... Sort of cyclical, like people love it. Then it, it sort of dies down a bit. Like UK Garage is a good example. Yeah. That hasn't really popped up again, like massively. So maybe that's the next one to pop up. You never know. I think it isn't um, Leanne from Little Mix, her new track is very kind of garage kind of maybe. sounding. I so I don't know. Maybe it's, it's, Having it's a time for that. Yeah. Um, or maybe you've just given me an idea. Maybe well, we'll you see if to track next week, Garage. I want a I'll credit be... on that. I want a credit. Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I do have a song with Sean Paul, so I'm no quite way. the rapper. Yeah. Are you being serious? It's about a minute long. 
Oh my um, god! I saw I... an opportunity. I had half an hour with him, and I was like, if I do with like a twenty-five minute conversation, then there's mm-hmm. five minutes there to get him to do like. And he changed the lyrics to, "I don't really care what people say." Um, to, "I don't really care what people say." It's time to start waffling with Tay. No so, way! I was like, that yeah, is, so. that is amazing. <laughs> so Sean obviously, there's Paul. a lot of people who have songs with Sean Paul, but I'm up there now with a feature. I mean, it will never see the light of day. It's literally purely for know. Instagram you purposes, but you don't know. I feel um, like Sean's on a podcast right now saying he has a song with Taylor. <laughs> he like flipped it around. He's like, I hope it comes out. <laughs> It'll be the one that makes him. Yeah. Um, we talk about coping mechanisms on the show quite a bit. When things get a little bit heavy, like with music being my biggest one that I lean towards, just to yeah. kind of like help with the emotion and stuff. And you've mentioned... Obviously, I know like you've got the music and you mentioned like boxing. Is there anything yeah. else that like when things do get a little bit heavy or you need a little bit of headspace that you lean towards? Yeah, I, I mean, I personally like uh, meditation actually quite a bit. Yeah. So I'm big into like manifestation, meditation. I've never done yoga. I don't think I could do the splits or anything like that. <laughs> I mean, that, would, that would end in an in- injury. But, if um, I can make a song with Sean Paul, that anything is possible, Alex. <laughs> so, yeah, true, true, true. Don't I'm give up on that dream. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'd say, uh, I don't know if you know a guy called Eckhart Tolle or Eckhart Tolle, I don't know how you say his name, The Power of Now, it's a book, or um, or Muji. Maybe. Or, okay, so, so basically these guys, that I think they're called gurus, and they basically tell you, uh, not to become attached to anything. So they say yeah. like attachment is the root of all evil. If you get too attached to something, then um, you all you want is the material and then you can't really go inside and be happy with nothing. Um, so yeah, I'd say meditation. I just, yeah. sometimes I just sit there with my hands <laughs> like that, cross my legs, don't do the splits. <laughs> and yeah, I just, I just try and be grateful. Great. Uh, I feel like, gratitude is the best attitude that's that's what i definitely i like that so if i'll take anything from this episode is is that because you're absolutely right and i think to have that kind of like head on your shoulders at the i don't want to sound condescending but like at the age that you are like it's only going to get better and only take you like to the places that obviously your talent is taking you to um, yeah. it's, it's something that I didn't experience till like I turned like 30 that was like oh okay all these things that was like meditation doesn't work journaling doesn't work until I actually started doing them like oh okay this is yeah this is this True. is actually life-changing <laughs> you know what yeah you know what this is actually like made my life 20 times better but Good. um but yeah yeah it's, it's little things like meditation I, I, you know what a, a big thing is also for me is gym i feel like yeah. when i don't go to gym for a while i like i feel like i haven't done anything with the day <laughs> i love a bit of gym well it's good for your head and like your heart yeah it releases like endorphins it's serotonin dopamine i, I love it man there i we love go. it is there, I mean, to fact, this might be like a bit of a deep question now, because obviously I know, obviously your dad being the incredible producer that he is, and obviously even now, like with, you know, the songs that you've said that have hit kind of like big milestone numbers, you know, yeah. in such a, like a, I guess, very early on into like your musical career. Mm-hmm. Is there a layer of pressure or even potential like self-doubt? Like how how do you navigate that if, obviously, if that's a thing? You know what? I mean... In terms of self-doubt and pressure, I'm 
as I said before, I'm quite a laid back person. Yeah. Like if I um if I shift it to uh exams, I literally crammed two years of studying in uni into three days. So I I don't think I feel that much pressure. But um yeah, I'll tell you what, with singles, you do think will this single do well, will it not? Like uh what what did people want? What's the trends and stuff like that? But at the end of the day, I think the best place to be is a song that you like personally. Because I, I do feel like if you love it, then it may resonate with other people. So so I feel like you shouldn't focus too much on on the trends and stuff like that. Is what I'd say, but yeah. No, I love that though, because it's it's I think that's what you, how you know you're doing things for the right reasons. Because I mean it's it, it means quite clearly means a lot to you and like your heart is in it. Cause I think you know, you especially in this kind of generation, you can fall into a bit of a trap of like if your heart's not in it, but then you kind of just keep doing it for the sake of doing it, and then it ends up not having the best kind of outcome, or yeah. you just you can almost like hear it sometimes, like whether it's like on a, in a conversation or a song that you just like, oh, I think that was just put out for the sake of being put out. Yeah, I feel like Lewis Capaldi, or yeah, Lewis Capaldi is a good example because he mm. releases a lot of very sad songs and, yeah. and from his heart. And some people may think, oh, why, why is there so many sad songs? But I love it because it's like genuine. He um he he really means what he writes, mm. and yeah, he's another person I want to work with actually. Oh, I feel him, like it would be hilarious, man. Him and Adele are up there with me for like dream guests. Like, there's something about their lyrics yeah. that really speak and kind of communicate things that i i can't communicate yeah they're very poetical that like, no not poetical poetic yeah that was ironic <laughs> i got the wrong word on poetic <laughs> and that's why you stay in uni yeah <laughs> that's, why, that's why you need to keep studying i've only been to two out of 200 lectures i probably would have learned that one <laughs> yeah. um this is a bit of a curveball one but like what what was this the last song that you listened to Oh, that's actually very hard. I, I, I'd probably say, what? Oh, my God. That's thrown me. <laughs> I'm going to have to say, oh, actually, I know what it was because I started learning it on piano. It was Richard Marks right here waiting. Oh, that's a bit of a pull on the heartstrings. <laughs> I know. I wasn't expecting that. Sad ballad, isn't it? <laughs> and I, you know what? I don't know if you could tell, I sound a tiny bit like Marge Simpson right now. A, t- a tiny bit well, well, I was going to blame like Ayanapa for that exactly because I was going to say in Ayanapa I was um, we did karaoke every night and it, it completely lost my voice and I was singing Richard Marks right here waiting everyone was singing really happy songs they were singing like I don't know like, <laughs> most happy songs and I was singing that and I was pouring my heart out I just imagine those poor people walking past you on the strip, like, oh God, he's having a yeah, he's having a bouter of a holiday. He is. <laughs> yeah, I know. They're like, what? They're, they're, they're trying to have a good time going to the strip, and they start crying here in Richard Marks. <laughs> Literally, to that's be fair. Like. This is a nice segue because I have three final questions that I ask each and every one of my guests, and yeah. honest answers only. Okay. With this, okay. So obviously you've got the Richard Marks there that you you're bouncing out on holiday. It's a bit of a bit of a sad banger. Yeah. But on the flip side of that, is there a song or even a, like an artist or an album that as soon as you hear, you'll run into the dance floor? Yeah, I'd say. Well, I'm I'm got, I feel like I'm repeating myself, but Avicii. Yeah. If, if there's Avicii, don't wake me up. I love that tune. 
Don't wake me up till it's Do you know what? That's what's brilliant about Avicii is the fact that, because that song to me is very country and it's like country and dance. And then it's like, I think it's still one of the biggest selling songs of all time. You know what? I think that's the exact reason because he he, uh, coalesced two genres that you wouldn't think to put together. Coalesced? Yeah, I've, I've, I, you've I, redeemed I, yourself I, now I, from the poetical. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I've literally, I've fixed it. <laughs> well played. You brought that one right back. <laughs> Very much. Yeah, so I'll tell you, I'll tell you, Vici, don't wake me up. I'd say, uh, what's that song by Alvin Harris? He he released one with Sam Smith, Desire. Desire, That's a new- yes. You are my desire. I love that tune, man. To get anything that Calvin puts out, I'm like instantly it'll guaranteed it'll go straight into my um like top playlists. On the flip side of obviously the bangers that you're having, like you know, you're running to the dance floor. Is there a song or an album that kind of pulls on the heartstrings and kind of bring might bring a tear to the eye? Might bring a tear to the eye. Wow. <laughs> I'm gonna say. You know what? I like Landslide by um Fleetwood Mac. Fleetwood Mac, yeah. That one, that one's quite emotional. You might you might catch me crying, shedding a tear or two to that. Yeah. Um, respect that. And what was the what was the other question? I've that, got, that was it. That was it. Literally. Oh, that was it. Oh, oh, he bring, brings out the emotion, yeah. Yeah, I'll say landslide. Um I think that's it really i mean i've got so many there's so many emotional songs man there's so many i loved literally like there was a i probably should joke about this but you know i've been in that place that mm. you should always kind of like if someone is feeling kind of like depressed and or down they will always have the best sad song playlists oh man you know what in a weird way i was speaking to my friend about this and he loves up like lifting bangers and you think i would as well which i do is i do make them but uh, something about like you know when you're like on a train you're staring out the window and you're listening to a yes. really sad song i love it i don't know why do you know the amount of people i've asked that to and they're like this kid's a weirdo that do you know oh. what yeah you're up there now you're in the top three wafflers thank you yes, yes, completely just validated everything that this podcast stands for <laughs> oh wow i feel privileged for that <laughs> Final question. Is there a song and there's no beef whatsoever? Like yep. we're not, I'm not gonna like wheel them out and like you can tell it to their face or anything. But is there a song that you would like to put in a box, wrap in chains, kick to the bottom of the ocean, never hear again? Oh, that one's hard. I, I I'm gonna say um maybe oh that's hard. That's very hard. I'm going to say, uh, what's that Cap and I Joe song? I don't know why. Every time <laughs> I hear that, it gets cut out. Is it? Um, oh. Caught an I Joe. Oh, my God. Caught an I Joe. Where did you come from? Where did you go? I don't know why. That one annoys me, man. I want to get rid of that Love song. That. To be fair, it's up there. It's the same with like Baby Shark and all those other kind of. Yeah. Hum- yeah. Oh, yeah. All of them. Sorry, I've just changed No, it. no, let's go, let's go. I watched the Barbie movie the other day. You know that Hey Ken? I don't know if I like Hey Ken or... or I um, haven't I seen it. Yeah, <laughs> there's, there's a song in there. I can't remember what it's called, Hey Ken, but I don't know. But banger of a soundtrack, by the way, and yeah. produced by Mark Ronson. So, was it? You know, yeah. my favourite song from there, though, I'll flip it to a positive, is What Was I Made For by Billie Eilish. Billie Eilish. Love- that, I don't know if you... Yeah, Goosebumps. 
with that she's one. amazing she's amazing literally you have been an absolute belter of a guest oh, to waffle with like not that you need it but best of luck obviously with the single it's out everywhere now yeah. with featuring the brilliant molly rainford um but thank you so much for joining me for a waffle thank you so much for having me mate it's been a pleasure You've been listening to the Waffle Shop Podcast with me, Taylor James. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and even leave a review. It means the world to me. See you soon.